when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors dropped Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Milwaukee Bucks on the road, losing by a score of 108-100. to It's a bit of a frustrating game. Um, not in the sense that the Raptors were sort of expected to take the result. I think the Bucks, especially having about, you know, a week off in terms of rest and even longer in terms of just how much time they spent, like, physically at home in Milwaukee without going on a plane and exhausting yourself and things like that. Um, you know, the, I think the Bucks, you know, on top of that, are, I just think they're a bit better than the Raptors. Um, you know, so in, in the sense that there wasn't too much expectations, but... I think the Raptors came out really strong. I think the Bucks, um, sort of similar to how they came out against the Celtics uh, in uh, the second round. You know, game one, the, the defensive energy for them and just not even just like the way they're executing, but just the pace of everything was kind of slow for them. And the Raptors were clearly sharp having played in a game seven scenario just three days ago. Um, and, you know, I think the Raptors jumped on them early and, Sort of throughout the game, the Raptors were close. I figured, like, the Bucks were going to eventually wake up. They were going to close the gap a little bit. They weren't shooting very well from three. They shot a lot better in the second half. And it was just one of those things where, you know, I was sort of interested to see if the Raptors could hold on. And heading to the fourth quarter, Raptors up uh, about six points. Um, you know, it, it looked like it, it looked like the Raptors should have taken this game in the sense that the opportunity is right there if they could just, you know, piece together enough effort and energy um, and just sort of see this whole thing out, they should be good. They should be clear. And honestly, if the Raptors are taking game one, this changes the dynamic of the series entirely. Um, you know, you would have figured the Bucks would have come out stronger in game two regardless just because they wouldn't have these jitters. But, um, you know, I, I think the urgency of this thing would have been different. But at least if, if you took game one, you kind of be okay with losing game two and things like that, going home, you know, splitting the series and then seeing what you can do in your home court and sort of extending the series. Um but that wasn't the case. The Raptors in the fourth quarter fell apart, uh, losing by a score of 32-17 to 17 in the fourth quarter to reverse a seven-point advantage uh, to an eight-point deficit. Pascal Siakam hit this like ridiculous Terrence Ross pull-up three um, from about 30 feet out with Giannis right in his face to uh, give the Raptors that advantage. And it was a bit fortuitous because the Raptors kind of coming apart by the end of the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, it was just a very frustrating finish. And I wrote down all the plays that frustrated me in the fourth quarter, um, just a review for the podcast. So it starts out with Norm Powell making a back cut, Kyle Lowry making a great pass, Norm bricks the layup. Like a wide-open layup. It's a reverse layup, but, I mean, still, 99% of NBA players should be expected to make that layup, the other 1% being Zaza, and, like, Norm is not Zaza, but Norm bricks the layup. Okay. Then Fred has two wide-open jumpers, one where he's a catch-and-shoot from three. He's a pretty good shooter. He bricks it. And another one where... Uh, it's a pull-up jumper off a screen, but no one was around him because the defense had collapsed. So he had a good look at that. On the pull-up jumper from two, he shot it too long. And then from three, he started to aim it a little bit, and he came up short. So he missed those two jumpers. 
Then Serge Ibaka misses a blockout. This the the Bucks get two free throws off of uh you know being fouled on a putback. Then Serge doesn't contest on a Brook Lopez three uh, out top. There's one that Brook hit in the corner anyway, but there's one out top that really hurt the Raptors uh, with Serge not contesting there. And so that was with the bench lineups in, and so the Raptors had already pretty much, pretty much conceded the entire lead at that point. Then Nick Nurse goes to his starters very early at 923 in the fourth quarter, sort of sensing the urgency of the moment. However, immediately upon with the starters coming back in, Mark gets out-hustled for a putback. Um, Mark gets out-hustled for another putback. Nikola Miritich hits a pick-and-pop three. Mark made a good contest, but you still just can't let him get those shots off. Then Mark on a pick-and-roll. Um, he, he does a short roll. The Raptors have made a point to sort of get Mark on the short roll a little bit, just get him some easier looks instead of just only taking threes. He bricks that. Uh, and on the ensuing miss, um, nobody gets back in transition, and... Uh, you know, Brogdon gets a transition dunk, and then Kawhi gets in there. He gets blocked. Pascal gets in there. He gets blocked. Pascal's going to wide open corner three. He breaks it. And then Marcus All gets an open pick and pop three. He breaks it. Then Danny passes up a three pointer late in that possession. He decides to dribble against Chris Middleton and just completely falls over like he's playing Twister or something. And he complains about the calls that are getting back. And, uh, you know, th- they score a two. And then. Again, Mark has a wide open three. Um, or sorry, uh, and then on the other possession, I mean, Brooke Lopez hits a three. Marcus all late getting out. He overhelps on a Giannis drive, and that basically was the game. Um, Danny Green also missed a wide open three at the end there too. When Raptors are only down four with about a minute plus left, but seriously, like the just the number of plays that went against the Raptors, and some of it being self inflicted, but just all the plays that went against the Raptors. I'm a little bit surprised the Raptors didn't even get blown out to be honest, because the only reason they were even close in the fourth quarter, the only one that was holding them up together was Kyle Lowry, who made an in- series of incredible plays on both ends of the floor. This was peak Kyle Lowry, and they just wasted it. They, they just there's nothing else to say about it other than they wasted this Kyle Lowry performance. And to be honest, like. The Raptors as a team executed well enough through three quarters on the road to steal this game. And then Kyle Lowry stepped up enough in the fourth quarter where he was hitting multiple threes. He was drawing fouls. He was making defensive plays. Like he took a charge on Chris Middleton. He ripped Chris Middleton at half court. He, you know, he bumped Brogdon or George Hill on a layup attempt, which didn't get called. And then, you know, the Raptors were able to secure the loose rebound. So I call that as a stop. Like he, you know, he dove out of bounds to save a ball that was a terrible pass. That you know, he he literally did like, if you play ultimate, he basically did the greatest. Um, like it's he he was making so many great plays. But I mean, again, like you, the rest of the team, I mean, all the little things that they were just screwing up, all the things that I just read to you after looking back on the film, like you can't make that many mistakes on the road in the fourth quarter against an elite team like the Bucks and expect to get away with it. And it didn't it didn't happen, and so. You know, it's it's a frustrating performance in that sense. Um, you know, you just the, the opportunity it was it was a prime opportunity to steal game one, and the Raptors kind of blew it. Um, but I, I think you know, in terms of just like looking ahead to the rest of the series, uh, you know, I think there are some positives to take away from this game one. I mean, game one is really all about feeling out what you have, seeing the matchups, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and adjusting. Like it's a seven game series. It's first to four wins. It's not. You know who gets game one. You know game one doesn't decide a lot of things. Like we saw game one against the Bucks, uh, against the Celtics between the Bucks and the Celtics. Like the Celtics smacked up the Bucks. And Paul Pierce is on TV telling people that it, the series is over. Like okay, um, and you know even game one against um, game one against Orlando 
for the Raptors. They lose. And it's like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Like, you, you know, even game one between the Raptors and the Sixers, Raptors, you know, smack up the Sixers, and it turns out to be a difficult series. Like, you know, like, don't overestimate game one. Um, but at the same time, I think there are things that, th- that both teams can take away from this, just in the sense of what matchups and what, what worked and what didn't work. I think the Raptors really anticipated that the Bucks were going to sag and collapse and and um, and, and play the regular drop scheme uh, against um, – you know, most of their players, the only one guy they actually didn't play against was Kawhi, who they did do a pretty good job of coming up higher on Kawhi. They didn't really give him very many open mid-range shots, although the, he was also passing up a couple opportunities. But, um, you know, and, and the way the Raptors prepared for it was they had Ibaka and Gasol ready to take shots. And Gasol even said before the game, you know, for me, I need to take like f- five, six, seven, eight threes. And today he ended up with seven. You can't argue with seven three-point attempts from Marc Gasol. The issue is, though, he missed all of them. Like he, like, he hit two threes early on in the game, and I'm thinking, wow, this is looking great. Then he just lost all of his momentum. And, and he, you know, he, he didn't hit any twos. He went 0 for 4 on twos. A lot of those were those short roll situations that I mentioned where, you know, uh, the Raptors would play pick and roll. And instead of having Gasol sort of camp out at the three-point line, Gasol would roll to about the elbow area and then stop and then get the pick and pop from there. And he was missing those, and he was missing stuff around the rim. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just it was just ugly. And in terms of surge, I mean, he was getting his regular looks for the most part. I mean, there's not a lot of playmaking coming off the bench, but you know, I think he did okay in that front in terms of just getting his looks. It's just, you know, um, he was in the right spots. It's just his teammates didn't really find him. But like the Raptors clearly knew they had what they wanted to do defensively or offensively against a team like the Bucks that protects the paint. And you know, it just it it just they just didn't execute. Like they just, they didn't really execute. They didn't really, uh, or they didn't execute. Sorry. They, they didn't convert. Um, you know, especially Gasol, like I, the fourth quarter, the, the missed threes and like the little short rolls that he was missing, like the missing block blockouts. Like it was just, it was a little bit tough to watch, but I think the Raptors for the most part, have the right idea there. I think they got to get surge a couple more minutes. They got to, you know, mix it up with Gasol a little bit. Like, the split today, minutes wise, didn't make any sense to me. Like Serge playing seventeen minutes, whereas Gasol playing forty. Like, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, this is not the Sixers. This is not the Magic. There's not a low post score out there in Vucevic or uh, Embiid where you gotta really extend Mark's minutes to match them because you need his low post defense. Like, there is no such thing against the Bucks. There is just constantly a slew of seven footers and bigs that shoot a bunch of threes, and so you really need. Um, you know, to keep your endurance, especially against a team where they have depth, like they have Brooke playing the five position, they have Ursan playing there, you know, Giannis slash Miritich also kind of takes some minutes there too. So like you need, you need endurance and to play Mark 40 minutes. I thought he was just part of his fourth quarter performance. Isn't even entirely on him. It's also just on nurse for just playing him so much. Like he's 40 minutes for Mark saw at 34 years of age against a team. You got to go to perimeter all the time. It's just unrealistic. And realistically, what you would actually want is more minutes from Surge because Surge, um, actually, in terms of his athleticism and his mobility, fits the series really well. I think Surge can guard a lot of their guys. Um, it was just tough from that front. But I think, you know, in terms of takeaways from this game, I mean, first off, I think the Raptors did a pretty good job defensively against Giannis. Um, you know, Giannis didn't shoot a single free throw in the first half. Uh, and then, you know, people started noticing this, people started complaining. And then Giannis shoots 10 free throws in the third quarter. It's like, all right, whatever. But um, for the most part, Giannis only shooting 7 to 16 from the field. Only taking 16 attempts is big. Um, it, it really does speak to the fact that the Raptors walled off, collapsed in the paint. Uh, you know, to be honest, like Giannis, 
he should be taking like 10 restricted free uh, restricted areas shots per game like that's how dominant he can be but the Raptors did a really good job of um timing their help you know sending rotations especially in the first half when they had more energy um you know they were just flying around they're making all the right moves and they were cutting off all the options you know they were both taking away Giannis at the rim uh, with help defense while also then rotating and closing out to deny the three-point line um so they did a good job defending against Giannis like Giannis had 24 points but the six assists was countered by the fact they have five turnovers um you know, this is as good as you can do against Giannis. Like, if you can hold Giannis's 24 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 5 turnovers on 7-16 shooting, hold him under 50% shooting, that's really, really good. And, um, you know, you got to give the Raptors some credit and you got to give Nurse some credit for, you know, coming up with that scheme and the players were executing it. But um, what what really killed the Raptors, I think, um, you know, down the stretch there was, you know, A, like, the players just – screwing up like Danny Green passing up an open three and then trying to dribble on Chris Middleton just is so dumb or like Norman Powell missing a wide open layup is just what can you say and Fred missing a jumper another jumper and people missing blockouts like you know that's just that's just it just sucks to be honest that just sucks to watch and it just sucks that it happened but it also came down to I think fatigue like uh, you know I think Mark and Serge both of them made so many defensive errors in terms of Wanting to get when to get out to the perimeter and when to box out and stuff like that. It could just it wasn't really there, and the rest of the team didn't really help them too much either. Because you know I can't even slag Mark too much for not rebounding. So when he led the team with twelve defensive rebounds, like where is Pascal? Like where are you with the defensive glass? You're a power forward. You need to be in there. You know Kawhi missing a couple blockouts. Like it's just I don't know. Raptors just got to do better. The bigs got to do better. Um but I think, you know, defensively, the game plan against Giannis is decent. And, you know, to be honest, like, even though the Bucks shot 44 threes, I thought the Raptors did a really good job of running them off a lot of um, looks. Like, I think, you know, you don't want to even look at the attempts so much, so much as you want to look at the fact that the quality of looks, like, a lot of them were rush threes. A lot of them were, um, you know, uncharacteristic kind of threes where players are in different spots or they're moving when they usually want to be catching shooting and stuff like that. Like, the Raptors did a pretty good job defensively on that front. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't know. I mean, if a team shoots 44 threes, they're bound to hit a couple. Even though they shot 25%, that's still 11 three-pointers that they made. And, and you know, eventually for the Bucks, like, it, it just – the floodgates started opening in the fourth quarter. And, and some of that was Brooke Lopez. Like, I think Brooke just was a, a monster for the, the Bucks tonight, and he carried them. And for the most part, you kind of live with it. You know, like, if you're given the choice between Giannis driving to the rim and Brooke Lopez shooting a three – you're probably going to help and then try to take your chances. And Brooke hits four of 11. Like, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, the Raptors, I, I just think ultimately they came up with a pretty good game plan. And I think the way they can rotate, the way they can fly around, though, how disciplined they are, how much they're into the ball. Like, I think they're going to they're gonna give themselves a chance to stay in the game against the Bucs. Um, but, you know, on the other end, the Raptors offensively, like, it was – I think through three quarters it was fine. Um, you know, the Raptors, uh, you know, they were over 80 points through three quarters. It was just, you know, they were at 83 through three, right? So, like, on pace for a pretty good offensive game. And it's just in the fourth quarter they couldn't capitalize. Like, Kyle Lowry could capitalize, but the rest of them couldn't. And I think when they look over the tape and stuff, what they really got to figure out is how they can get Pascal and Kawhi Leonard easy shots because the two of them shooting 
Um, a combined 16 of 46 is not going to cut it. Like, you're just, it's not going to cut it. Kawhi got bailed out a little bit because he shot 10 free throws, and that bumped his scoring to 31 points, but it was not an efficient game from Kawhi. Um, the fact that he had three turnovers against two assists is not good, especially on a night where the Raptors actually shot pretty decently from three. It wasn't even a case of them not moving the ball around or whatever. Like, it, it was just a case of Kawhi was taking really, really contested shots, and Pascal was taking some really contested shots. And, you know, both of those guys can do better. I mean, the Raptors, they have to know that the Bucks are going to collapse in the paint. They've basically tipped their hand. I mean, all season they've done it. They've just sold out to c- protect the basket. And the Raptors just got to take better shots. Like, the Raptors shot 11 of 25 from the restricted area, which is pretty bad. But also, a lot of it was just, like, Pascal charging the three guys or Kawhi charging the four guys. Like, that's just not going to cut it. It just isn't going to cut it, right? And so, um, you know, they – they got to find some easier shots. I think for Kawhi, there's probably a little bit more room to uh, attack in the mid-range area. I think for both of them, actually, for Pascal and Kawhi, I think they should try attacking a little bit more one-on-one, like without the screen. Because I think um, all that really does is sort of – it when you call for the screen, you're almost putting the Bucks defenders where they want to be because the Bucks really just want to cut you off to the, to the basket. And so, you know, if it's a one-on-one situation where you don't even call for that screen and Mark can be spacing the floor or somewhere else or whatever, like, there's, I think there's a better chance, honestly, uh, as odd as it sounds, for, for, for Kawhi or Pascal to beat their man and for there not to be as much help at the rim um, because the Bucks aren't actually already preloaded for that. But I think for Kawhi, I think there are some mid-range shots that he could take. But also, I think, and especially in a game where everyone else is hitting threes, like, I think Kawhi could pass the ball a little bit better, man. Like, him taking 26 shots today, I just don't think it was necessary. Like, it just really wasn't necessary. There was a lot of times where, you know, I think he has to just pick his spots a little bit better. But there's a lot of times when he's going one-on-four, and it just doesn't make sense. There's a lot of the Raptors were, were breaking threes. Like, they they shot... You know, I mean, the fourth quarter, okay, everyone other than Kyle was, 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 was terrible. But, like, 15 of 42 is pretty good. Like, 36% for the Raptors is pretty good. Like, just got to keep moving the ball around. And in the case of Pascal, like, I think he, he really needs to get in the post a little bit more. And I think the Raptors, he really needs to do a better job of identifying when Pascal has the advantage. Like, literally, unless he's getting guarded by Giannis, Pascal should be in the post. And he should be going to work. Um and I think, uh, you know, he's proven over the course of the regular season that Ursan, he just, he will torch Ursan. He had his first career high of the season, the first of seven, by the way, um, you know, against Ursan in in November when he had like 22. Um, you know, it's just him attacking Ursan is just a good matchup for the Raptors. And even the same thing with Miritich, like he can attack Miritich sort of without too much of a problem. Miritich is a little bit longer than Ursan, a little bit stronger, but um, you know, I, I think Pascal has the advantage there. I just think the Raptors need to put him into the post, especially because, like, the way Nick Nurse is sort of like, settled into this new rotation, like, there's a lot of Pascal playing three. And part of the Pascal playing three, you know, like, he has to take on more, like, ball handling and playmaking responsibilities. But I, I, I still don't really want to see Pascal at the top of the floor as much as he is. Like, I don't really want to see him, like, running a pick and roll and then, like, putting up a mid-range shot. Like, that's just not his game, right? That's... You don't need to run the same sort of actions that Kawhi would run, for example. I think you would still need to keep them in character, and you just need to figure out the spacing with Serge and Mark. Maybe you plant them on the opposite side of the floor, and then you put, you know, you know, Siakam onto the the left block, like where he likes it. Like you got to still run the offense through Pascal. I think in the post in those situations, I don't think you should just take him out and put him in a different spot just because he's playing a different rotation uh, position. But 
um, you know, I, I, it's just like Pascal has an advantage there in the post. And if they if they do double, which they will double at the rim, then it's up to like Mark or Serge or whoever it is to get down low and sneak into a position where they can be on the dunker spot. And one that help comes, Pascal can do the quick little shovel pass, the one they used to do with um, you know Yaka Pearl so effectively, and and have the guys finish right. There's opportunities there, and I think there's a lot of cases, especially in the second quarter there, where I was like, mm, I just wish they had did a better job of identifying where they had the mismatches, but you know. Game game ones are all about figuring out where uh, the two teams are, sort of feeling each other out, and um, yeah, I think for both teams, there's stuff to, there's stuff to take away. Like I think for the Bucks, for example, like they they should be very satisfied with the way they defended against you know Kawhi and Pascal, and I think they're going to force you know those those two guys to attack in different ways. Um, I think Middleton on Kawhi, it, it's sort of situational, but in pick and roll situations, I think Middleton is very effective just because. Middleton is very pesky. He doesn't really get screen. He's, he's very good at avoiding screens. You know, I think it's probably his best trait as a defender is sort of just staying attached and then, you know, staying on Kawhi's hip. And, and, and if Kawhi's trying to drive in that situation because Middleton is sort of pressed up on him and he can't get the mid-range shot off, then, you know, he's driving into Brook Lopez. Like, there's just uh, – the Raptors got to figure out uh, some easier offense. And I think when they look over the tape, they will see that, they, you know, both Pascal and Kawhi were taking some heavily contested shots. But um, – you know, I just, you know, I don't want to overreact too much. Um, I think there was an opportunity there for the Raptors to win this game, and it would have been a great result for the Raptors to have won this game. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, in terms of other positives, I, I can't believe I waited so long to talk about this, but, I mean, Kyle had, like, probably his best playoff game since um, game three against the Cavaliers last year. That was the one where LeBron hit that shot, obviously. But Kyle was great in that one with 27 Kind of the same thing today. Kyle had 30 points today on 10 of 15 shooting with 7 of 9 from 3. Like, to put those numbers in perspective, Kyle had 23 points against the Bucks all season in three games. And, um, or sorry, 21 points against the Bucks all season. Like, I mean, you just, you just can't waste that. Like, you just, you can't be wasting these Kyle Lowry games um, because you know his scoring is going to be varying. I think the Bucks, um, you know, they gave Kyle a little bit more room on offense to shoot. I think they were a little really prioritized on keeping everyone back in the paint. And so Kyle being able to shoot, you know, has really helped. But I, I think they also probably thought, well, Kyle's been wearing an, uh, an oven mitt, basically, um, on his hand. We're going to see if he can shoot. And Kyle really was like, all right, cool, I can still shoot. Um, and so, you know, I think the, the Bucks might, you know, tweak their defense just a little bit to sort of shade closer to Kyle going forward. But... This is a very good game from Kyle, like really, really good game. And he gave you the scoring on top of the fact that he gives you all those hustle plays. And it was just a shame the Raptors kind of wasted it, you know. And that from that perspective, this result is really disappointing. Um, but, you know, it is kind of what it is with uh, with uh, with this game. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. I don't really know what to think of it. Like, I'm not too mad at it, but at the same time, you know, I am kind of mad at it. Um you know, the one thing actually that, that does concern me though is um, the center position. Like I, I wrote in the preview that I put out uh, along with Vake that, um, like they just they got to get more scoring out of the centers in this in this matchup, like to win against the Bucks. Just because like the Bucks are conceding those looks, and everyone knows it. Like they've talked about it. It's weird because coaches and players don't really talk too much about um, schematics usually. But in this case, it's such an open secret that the Bucks basically don't care 
about guarding big men shooting jumpers that everybody has talked about how much they need to shoot jumpers. And it's just like, at some point, it's, you just got to score, right? You can't have Gasol and Ibaka combining for 10 points. Like, that's just not enough. I, I wrote in the preview that, the, that I need to see 30 points from those two guys for the Raptors to win. And, and you know, part of that estimation went into the fact that I thought Kyle was going to have, like, honestly, less than 10 points a game. If Kyle scores 30, obviously, it reduces the need for those guys to score as much. But 10 points out of Ibaka and Gasol is just not enough. It's just not enough. And I think it's up to Nurse to sort of just tweak around and play with his rotation a little bit so that, you know, he can get these guys, um, you know, fresher. I think Mark, for example, I, mean, I already mentioned the minutes, like 40 minutes is too much for him. But, you know, like, I just think that, you can manipulate the rotation in a way where these guys are playing more time at center and sort of, you know, being able to fully capitalize on what the Bucks are conceding. But, I mean, it's also, I mean, having said that, it's, it's it's not easy for Nurse because the Raptors are so short on wing players that it's not like the Raptors can go small, right? I think typically you would probably want to go a little bit smaller against the Bucks just to have your versatility and mobility. But this isn't about going small so much as it is about endurance. Like, the Raptors have... I mean, I've said this a million times on the podcast. Raptors have, like, nobody on the bench that they can rely on, right? In the first half, I thought Van Vliet gave them something. I thought Powell gave them something by hitting two threes. And, and I was like, all right, cool. So the Raptors can actually play their bench in this series. That didn't turn out to be the case. Like, as soon as the second half rolled around, those bench guys were terrible. So, uh, you know, it, it's just it's frustrating. Whereas you look at the other side, you know, the Bucks can at least get production out of a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who came off the bench and was like a super sub, Mono Ginobili type for them today. Um, Ilya Sovagin is in production, you know, you know, Connaughton and, and Hill were, were both scoreless, but I thought, you know, they were for the most part, okay defensively. And it's just like for the Raptors side, like you just, they don't have anybody that they can bring in and be you know, reliable. And, and having already been at a rest deficit, right? Like the Bucks having so much more time, um, to prepare for this series as compared to the Raptors. And obviously the Bucks deserved it. I mean, they, they, they smacked up, they took care of business where, you know, the Raptors needed every single day and every single minute and literally every single second to uh, beat the Sixers. And so, you know, like, it's really imperative for the Raptors bench to step in and, and give some minutes because, like, the Raptors aren't going very far without their bench. Like, they're just not. Like, you're not – you can get past the Sixers because the Sixers bench is also ass. But, like, the Bucks bench is not bad. Like, it really is not bad. And this is a below-average game from their bench. So – you know, you can expect this bench to play a little bit better going forward. And for the Raptors, like, these guys just got to step up. They got to suck up some minutes. And especially if, if, you know, the one guy that's a big swing factor here is Norm, right? Like, and Norm is, out of all the guys in their rotation right now, Norm is the guy that Nurse trusts the least. And when you see things like him, you know, missing that layup, you're just like, you smack your head and you're like, what is what is your deal? Like, why are you why are you doing this? But, um... You know, like, the one swing guy is Dorm in the sense that, like, he actually is big enough to defend uh, most of Milwaukee's wings outside of Giannis, who I really consider big. Um, you know, and, and, you know, he can theoretically hit the three. I mean, he, today he was two or four. That's not bad. Um and, and if Norm can play, then all of a sudden you can play a little bit smaller. You can shift Kawhi up to power forward, which he's not playing power forward much nowadays anyway because, um, you know, the Raptors have sort of gotten Ibaka to soak up some backup power forward minutes too. Like, you know, uh, then you can go smaller, then you can be faster, then you can sort of rotate a little bit better, then you can, get, you can press up even higher on a guy like uh, Brooke Lopez in theory and sort of run him off the line and stuff. Like, you know, there's stuff that you can do, but the Raptors have no lineup flexibility. Like, OG still being, you know, a week away from being a week away, which is literally what Nick Nurse said, which is actually pretty funny that he said that. But, 
you know, OG being, you know, so far out and not going to be a factor in the series, like, I mean, you know, the Raptors are just kind of stuck. And um, if, if that's the case, then you got to really manage your rotation so that, you know, your centers are in better positions. And I, I think today, for example, it was a mistake to play Gasol 40 minutes. Like, the last eight of those minutes were bad minutes. And it's not like Serge was doing that much better, but you can sort of, I don't know, to be honest, in this series, Serge should play as much minutes as Marc Gasol. And, and this is having said that, like, Mark did a really good job defensively in terms of, you know, walling off the paint. The first half, his help defense against Giannis was great. I mean, he cut off Giannis so many times while also still getting back out to the perimeter. But it was also more palatable when the Bucks were, like, shooting, like, less than 20% from three in the first half. You know, second half, when they started hitting some threes, you know, Lopez in particular, like, all of a sudden, it, it's it's a lot harder to, to spend so much attention on Giannis. So, you know, regardless, I just think that, that's one of the big adjustments that you could look at going forward is just, you know, evening out the minutes for Gasol, even with Ibaka. Because I think Ibaka can function with the starting lineup. Like, if they're just going to run, like, little pick and, like, pick and roll plays where um, they want the big to sort of short roll to the, the mid-range area, like, there's literally nobody better than that on this team than Serge, who's so good at the mid-range area. And even if you need some pop threes, like, you know, Serge, he can hit a couple. Like, he didn't hit any today, but we saw in Game 7 that, you know, he has that ability within him. And so... I, I, and, and defensively, I think, you know, Serge can kind of do the same thing um, as Mark in terms of walling out the paint. Maybe not as effective in that end, but, uh, but you know, his mobility at least should allow him to get closer and close out on guys like uh, Brooke or or Meritazolo. Having said that, he didn't really do that very well today either. So, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just, uh, there's a lot to look at going forward. I think, um, again. You don't want to overact to game one. Game one is what it is. And, you know, for the most part, like, the Raptors played well enough. Like, I think if they can maintain this level of defense, which, you know, um, if you look at the Bucks, it was just they they didn't really score that well. And and that's kind of and, – and in a sense, that's kind of a compliment to them because, like, their offense is built in such a way where it's Rockets-esque, right? Like, they're always going to get efficient – offense so even if they're missing even if they're shooting a low percentage because they're shooting mostly threes and then some free throws like it's it's really going to help them and I think you know today for example the Raptors defensively in the half court they were pretty good it was just two things that killed them like a like offensive rebounds the Bucks got 15 and they translated that to 24 second chance points and the Bucks got out in transition a lot you know mostly because the Raptors I think honestly you know ran out of steam and they got 24 um fast break points so like you know if the Raptors can sort of you know shut those things off as well which again will take a lot of energy and again the Raptors are thin so expecting them to execute the starters to execute full intensity for 40 minutes is just a little unrealistic but you know there, there are some positive to take away it's just you know the Bucks kind of outlasted and overwhelmed them in the end and so it sucks to waste a Colorado performance like this it sucks to lose a game where the Bucks shoot 25 percent from three but you know, there there are some positives, and uh, hopefully the Raptors can sort of implement some of those in Game 2 because, I mean, you got you to gotta take Game 2. I'm not saying Game 2 is a must-win, but you're really going to go uh, back home needing to win 4 or 5 to advance? Like, it's not entirely realistic, right? So, um, kind of sucks. So, in terms of your three stars, Kyle, obviously, the number one star. I mean, he was great. 30 points 40, in 40 minutes, 10 of 15 shooting, 7 of 9 from 3, 3 of 4 from the uh, free throw line. I mean... Like, when the timeline is not even slandering Kyle Lowry and they're complimenting Kyle Lowry, that's, it's just, it never happens. It, when general NBA fans are actually talking up Kyle Lowry, it's just, uh, you know, 
the world must be upside down because everyone obviously loves to clown Kyle. But Kyle was great today. Um, you know, not even just uh, with the total production, but the timing of his production. Like, he kept the Raptors in the game with his game-changing plays. Like, the Bucks would try to make a run in the fourth quarter, and Kyle would make a three. And then Kyle would make another three. And then the Bucks would try to make a little bit of run, and then Kyle would make a hustle play, get a steal, go the other way, make a save. He did so much in the fourth quarter to keep the Raptors in it, and just the rest of the team kind of let him down. And uh, it's unfortunate, but it's encouraging. If Kyle could do this and, um, you know, also outplay Eric Bledsoe, who was, what, 3 of 12 today, 0 of 6 from 3, like, that will be great. Um, Am I holding my breath for that? No, not necessarily. But, um, you know, it's good to know at least that Kyle still has this within him. And if that three-pointer is dropping even at a respectable rate, if he can pull up a little bit, as he did today, um, that's just such a big benefit for Raptors' offense because the Bucks. You know, again, because they're dropping the bigs back, if you come off a screen, that's a two-on-one situation involving a screen, right? You have, you know, in theory, what, Mark and Serge, uh, Mark or Serge and, and Kyle, and, and one defender in, in, in Bledsoe or George Hill or whoever is guarding Kyle, chasing over that screen. So if Kyle can, you know, hit these pull-up jumpers, like, there is room to step into these. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what Kyle is shooting on pull-up jumpers for the season, but I think it's like 30%, so... You don't usually expect such efficiency, but hey, Kyle was great today. Thirty points. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kick ourselves for losing that one. Um, I don't I don't really know if there are two other stars to be honest. Um, even though the Raptors played a really good first half, like it was sort of a um, bit of a team effort. Everyone's moving the ball. You know, the, the three point the shots were dropping. I mean, like I don't really want to give it to Kawhi. Like even though he has thirty one points, like I just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really want to give it to Kawhi. And then past that, I don't know who deserves it. You know, I'll just give it one star. Kyle gets all three stars, all right? Kyle gets all three stars. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, obviously that goes to Brooke Lopez. 29 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 blocks. I mean, wow. Like, just wow, right? Um, like, I was having a an on-the-mover drive back from, um, you know, uh, Pfizer Forum. Uh, I was talking to the cab driver who was, who was a um, who was a Bucks fan. He was like, "I can't believe we got Brook Lopez for two million, two point five million this offseason. Like, what a bargain! Like, when you consider the fact that the Raptors are paying Mark and Serge a combined fifty million dollars. Shout out to fifty million dollars. What you think? What you think you got, Chelsea Clinton? But um, seriously, fifty million dollars for Marcus and Serge Ibaka, and they produce ten points." On a combined four of seventeen shooting, meanwhile, two point five million gets you Brooke Lopez, who gets you twenty nine points, twelve of twenty one shooting, four of eleven from three, with two of those coming in the fourth quarter, or two or three of them coming in the fourth quarter, eleven rebounds, two assists, four blocks. I mean, it just hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Like, what can I say? It just hurts, man. Raptors really paid what 20 times the price oh for less like it's unfortunate and um you know part of what lopez like his scoring is variant like i think the raptors could do a better job of boxing him out and stuff but i mean brook lopez just he killed the raptors today and multiple times the raptors would get stops or they would execute their defense and he would still score and those are the kind of plays that really kill you you know those are the kind of plays that uh you know break your back and and brook lopez was constantly breaking the raptors back and he was the Bucks hero tonight, no doubt. He was their best player, even better than Giannis. Uh, and then in terms of the Patrick Patterson Award, 
it's it's mean to do this, but I'm gonna give it to Mark just in the fourth quarter alone. The man the man whiffed on so many plays in the fourth quarter. Him and Danny Green together probably deserve it combined. Danny has actually had a lot of these performances where he's just disappeared. And it's disappointing because he was so steady throughout the regular season and now I don't know if the game's a little bit too fast or whatever, but it's just he's not taking shots and yeah, whatever. But um but yeah, I mean Mark was involved in too many of those plays down the stretch, so I gotta give it to Mark. Even though I will acknowledge the fact that Mark did a really good job defensively in the first half, but in the second half it just you know, you kind of ran out of steam, and it was just kind of the Raptors as a whole. Like, uh, you know, it was just a disappointing performance. I think they need to sort of really look at the film and see how they can get Pascal and 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 Kawhi some easier shots. But, um, but yeah, I think that you know, I think at least positively they had the right idea on defense. They had the right idea against Giannis, and uh, it's just up to guys to sort of find it within themselves to get more energy and. And uh, execute better because the game plan for the most part is okay. It really is. It really is. Um, and if the Raptors can defend like this and contest as many shots as they did tonight and rotate the way they did tonight and sort of maintain their energy for four quarters instead of just three, then, you know, they have a chance to win. But ultimately, we've seen it tonight. The Bucks are a very, very good team. This is And this is the Bucks playing at like 70% capacity. So Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's going to be a tough series. It's going to be real tough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that does it for the podcast. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to uh, have a day in between show to sort of look at adjustments, sort of just you know look at where this game, this series stands now that we've seen these two teams match up. And I'm going to put that out tomorrow afternoon. But uh, in the meantime, thanks everyone for listening. And I'll be back tomorrow. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.